Hello and welcome to the Built Environment Marketing Show, a podcast series that looks at the best of marketing for architects and engineers. It's a show that's hosted by me, Iowa Bass, a marketing consultant, content creator, speaker and trainer from Abbas Marketing. Head to abbasmarketing.com to find out more about me and my work. Anyway, today's episode is taken from a recent LinkedIn Live that I did with Stephen Drew from the Architecture Social. And it's all about my top five mistakes that I see practices make when they're marketing their business. It's a bit tongue in cheek and we definitely, definitely have a lot of fun. And it's high energy because it's me and Stephen talking. So generally we both talk fast and have a lot of enthusiasm. So anyway, I'm going to keep quiet and let you get on with listening. Take care. Bye. Hello, everyone in the UK. I hope you survived the hot summer. We're just about getting there. Autumn's down the road. Now, before you all swell to the death, grab your wine, strap in and relax, because we're going to be talking about a few hard truths today in terms of architecture (laughs) marketing. What am I on about? All will be revealed. And I have someone (laughs) who has been stuck and lumbered with me for a few years. However, they are going to make sense of the show. And on that fantastic note, I've got the lovely Ayo Abbas from Abbas Marketing. How are you? I am good. I am good. How are you? Oh, I'm spoiling, sweating, but I'm also excited. And I'm so glad you were here <laughs> to talk about marketing because you're a professional and I'm the I novice. I've, I've kind of learned it as I've gone and I need a bit of marketing tricks. But together, we can talk about the subject of today, which is the top five things that people, our architectural practice directors, business owners, or market, some marketeers, not all of them, not, not some people, yeah, but some of the mistakes that they make, the top five ones that we see every day, which can be improved. However, before we do that, Io, for anyone that hasn't met you before, tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are. <laughs> so I am Iowa Bass. I am an award-winning uh, marketing consultant and Ooh. I work for myself. I am Digital Woman of the Year 2002 overall winner. Um, so, um, I do, uh, I'm a marketing consultant. I also do, con- I create content because I love it. And I also have started training uh, built environment firms on how to do marketing. So yeah, that's kind of what my what I do. Um, I guess my background is I've done probably a lot, most of my work with large engineering firms, the likes of Arup and Rambol and consultancies like Mace and stuff like that. So that's where my background comes from. And working, I guess, with many of the leading architecture practices from their kind of marketing side. So that's that's me. Very, very good. So the big to the small, the red tape yes. to the... I don't know what we're doing. Please help me. What can we do? I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I do work with prop tech and contact firms as well as so some of the startups, which is always really interesting because they're learning. Many of those founders are ex-architects who might be learning how to run, you know, you know, yeah. prop tech firms and contact firms, which is really interesting. Brilliant. I think it really helps to get perspective. And as someone in your field, when you see it all, you know, that really informs the how, you know, different styles of marketing, different things. Now, before we go into it, so in case, you know, there's an architectural practice watching this, who's like, I'm busy, I'm winning projects, I don't have time to think about marketing. In your <laughs> definition, Io, what is marketing? And, and loosely, why is it important for businesses or anyone that's doing a bit of a hustle or whatever out there? Why should they, why should they care about marketing? Um. 
do you know what? I think marketing is very much about clients, understanding who they are, what they want from you. And I guess as well, how you can communicate them, communicate with them to sell what you do. Um, and I think that's really, really important. So getting to the grips with that is basically how you, I always think marketing is mainly around what's your message, who are you targeting and what's your positioning? Where do you want to be in that market? And then yeah. figuring out what you want to say to it. So that to me is what marketing is in a nutshell. And why it's important is it helps your business to grow and it helps you to get to where you want to be. Exactly. I I, I think that really, really makes sense. The you We're out there in the online world, the physical <laughs> world, and there's a lot of noise out there, isn't it? And we and we as yeah. business owners or or even your own personal brand, I think half of it is about cutting through that noise. Now exactly. I, I thought it'd be fun to mix it up and 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 I'm glad that you're brave enough to do it because while we while we will touch upon why it's important, I think though the biggest thing is that people think that they're doing marketing the correct way. However, there's a lot of mistakes that you can make, and actually, they're easy to fix. So, in that analogy of the noise, you know, if you're making the mistakes, you're just not cutting through the noise. And so, yeah. I, I would like to explore how people can ninja style. <laughs> yeah, how they can how they can cut through the noise. But to do that, we have to identify what the heck everyone's doing. That's wrong. And you've seen a lot of websites. And we're not going to do names. No naming or shaming. Don't no. worry. No. <laughs> However, we're going to learn the lessons and we're going to pass them on to the lovely viewer, the listener, wherever you are, so that they can stop making them. Now, number one that you said, Io, before this, in your words, is that you think, number one top mistake that you see is believing yeah. that buildings speak for themselves. <laughs> I would love to know what, what you mean by this. Okay, so I think there is this whole thing. You know, architects, they're really into design and visuals and, you know, telling their story through visuals, which is all great. And basically you're visual creatures. So you understand, you know, this is how we communicate. This is what we do. But it's like if you don't give people some context, if you don't give people some words, if you don't tell people what they're actually seeing or looking at, then you're kind of leaving it up to them to kind of interpret it in their own way. And yeah. basically they could misinterpret it, you know. So I think it's kind of, you want to share your story in your way. Um, so you need to use words as well as visuals and they need to complement each other and, you know, tell that story that you want to give. What's your narrative? What What's that message you're trying to convey? So that whole thing around, well, our buildings speak for themselves. We don't need to do any marketing or just use images. It's like images don't say anything. You know, they really don't on their own. And you're leaving that open to someone's own personal interpretation. And that's a mm. risk. Mm, very, very good. I, I I agree. And also pictures can be misleading. Pictures can it yeah. doesn't it doesn't showcase the full picture always. Or sometimes they're not even annotated at all. And that's why I think No, and just... actually if you look at a picture or I look at a picture, we've all got our own biases, experiences. The way that I would view it would be very different to the way that you would. Just a picture mm. on its own, right? So that's what okay. you're leaving in people's mind. 
Yeah, okay, okay, right. So that's the problem. Now, obviously, people should get in contact with you to fully solve it. However, to get some <laughs> snippets to go into the right direction, what should people be thinking about then in terms of images of buildings or how should they start to speak for themselves? How would you begin that process, Aya? Ayo? Um, for me, it's about kind of storytelling. So understanding, you know, what it is about you or what it is about that visual that you're trying to communicate. And also understanding who it is for. Who's your target audience? What do they need to know about it? What things, what messages do you need to convey to them? And really just breaking it down in that way. And then that's what your narrative is and you can build out your story. Um, and I think it's just understanding that really. Um, and then finding ways to tell that story and, and what the language and tone of voice that you want to use. And that will work with that audience so it's all about that audience how do you communicate with them in a language mm -hmm. that they will understand yeah with them rather than you which is the hardest part yeah i agree i mean i tell you what because part of the uh, the architecture social is a website and if you ever want a hard lesson of reality is to yeah. watch someone browse a website and the way you think you go through a project or a web page or something as soon as you put someone oh. else on it's very revealing. Sometimes you you feel a bit awkward. You know, people don't understand where they're going, but it's very important. I mean, what do you think about that kind of analogy? Have you ever used, there's a tool called like Hotjar and there's a yes. Microsoft Clarity. And basically it's like a, not spyware, but it's a way that you record yeah, how yeah. people are using your website. And you just see how the mouse is looking or where they're clicking, where they come in, or you know what yeah. words they're clicking on, where they're expecting more. And it just tells you so much about how you're, website is actually used rather than yeah. how you think it's used. And I think, I mean, for example, when I redid my website, which we're going to look at later on, one of the things when I, for my first, you know, first iteration of my website, there was on the services page, I didn't have actual kind of, it didn't link to actual service pages like marketing consultant and stuff, but people were clicking on it. And that was one of the things I changed when I redid mm. my website was actually, I created separate pages for the services because people wanted more information. So using those types of tools, you can kind of see, basically you get heat maps of where people are going, where they click, all that kind of stuff. But it's so, so useful for that reason. Very good. And you're right. We will go properly on your website. And I put the link here, which I'll briefly mention is www.abbasmarketing.com. Very cool. We will check it out. Now, if you still got the old hot chow on, you might have some dopey person wandering about, but don't worry. It's just me on the live stream. So <laughs> ignore that information. I'm throwing you off. I haven't off. got it anymore, actually. I stopped it. But um, when I was redoing it, that's when I used it. I agree. I used it at the start. And there was, there's, a, there's always a, there's a funny, um, there's a funny thing in hot chow, which says the amount of rage quits. You know, which should be close to zero or one percent, and at one point it was five percent. So, I'm sorry for all those people that were frustrated with the architecture social, but don't worry, we got there. We're getting there in the end. It's a, it's an ongoing process. Now, on on the theme of an ongoing process, let's go on to number two, which I can't yeah. wait for you to break down because I'm like, <laughs> wow, I never would have thought of this. So, number two. <laughs> was viewing marketing as the colouring department. Oof, burn. Not a strategic <laughs> professional function. So I'm guessing what you mean in the business, the marketing's in the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let them, I don't know, whirl up another social brochure. media, you know. <laughs> yeah. Put, put a little slide on the Instagram and then when it's all not working, go, what the hell are you bloody doing? So, yes. okay. <laughs> 
Come on, tell us what, what you mean so, by this. I guess there are many firms that are quite old school and traditional still in our sector, there I say it. And some people do kind of turn around and go, well, we don't need to do any marketing and yeah. kind of view us as being, oh, it's just a young person's thing. It doesn't really matter. It's not actually supporting our business. And basically like the colouring in department, you know, we just give it to them over there. We don't really care. You know, like they're just over there making pretty things. And that is so outdated. Some of the marketing teams I work with now are just amazing. They're analytical. They're working with business leaders. They're looking at the numbers. They're looking at the growth. They're using digital to kind of inform their marketing campaigns. And they're really, really supporting their business objectives. And I know so many great marketers who are working in that way. And I think any firm that's kind of viewing marketing or socials or digital marketing as that kind of colouring in department, something their niece does over Christmas, whatever, you're missing out. And I think that that is the most important part. And it's understanding that it can help you as part of the kind of growth engine of your business and really kind of get you firing into and get you where you want to be. So, yeah, yeah. proper marketing. I, I agree. In. I agree. And I'll just say that it's never too late to change that, though, isn't it? You just start bringing them in, bringing them in, bringing them yeah. in. I work. I worked at a, a large anonymous company before, um, which which used to do in the recruitment sector. So it's a lot of case, but they're different in marketing people. And when someone came in, you know, they were it was kind of like insanity before. So another person comes in expecting different results didn't happen but suddenly they started bringing on board that marketeer bringing them into the business you know the top yeah. layer meetings and then suddenly things were getting done you know and the more control in the marketeer would have over the website for influence the better you're right if they just have access to an instagram channel that's quite myopic you have to you have to look at the full picture of the business yeah. to really amplify the effect in my Because it would be like, what do you, what's the overall strategy for your Instagram and how would that feed into your overall objectives for your business? How do you yeah. get your audience off Instagram and where you want them to be so you can continue that conversation? So it's it's looking at that kind of strategic angle of what it is you're trying to achieve. And that's, yeah. that's got to be the key. Got you. Okay, makes sense. And and for any marketeers who feel like you're being treated as the colour in any department, you should probably leave that company off. A good old chat with your boss after this. Go like, what the heck am I doing? I really want to make a change. Let me do it. Let me do I do. It. Know what, I'm also going to give a shout out as well. We have a network called Build Up, which is a networking uh, networking group just for marketeers in the built environment. Mark on cool. people. And so there's a whole network. It's about 600 of us um, around the, it may in the UK, but also around the world. We run events for marketeers as well, or, you know, about upskilling, getting together. So you're not alone. Brilliant. I'll put that in the description after this. I'll, give I'll you make the link a, for that, I have yeah. to make, yes, please send me the link because <laughs> I'm not as organized as you. So that helps. <laughs> Brilliant. Cool. Oh, that's so cool. I'm glad that's there. Okay. We're going through this at a nice pace. I like it. Now, quick interlude. If anyone in the audience in a marketing department or interested in marketing or any questions that come to your mind, feel free to jump in on this live stream. If not, just come along for the ride and have a wine. It's, no, it's totally cool. No pressure. But if you want to ask me, probably not, or I owe a question <laughs> while she's here, then now is the time. Anyways, moving swiftly on. Number three. Mm, which I really, really agree with, is not keeping up to date with the social media platform innovations and new features. Ayo, in your, your opinion, what do you mean by this? Can you expand? So um, I think, you know, 
when you look at platforms like Instagram and you look at platforms platforms like LinkedIn, they yeah. are always changing. They invest, though, you know, those platforms invest so much money into their development. There's new features coming out on them all the time. They tend to prioritize, like they 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 give priority to their new features quite often because they want them to work. Yes. So correct. if you if you try and adopt them and you try and use them early, you can normally gain some kind of first mover advantage. And I just think a lot of firms are like, this is how we look use LinkedIn. And some people still only see it as a recruitment channel, for example, when it's far more. And um, you know, this is how we use LinkedIn, this is how we use Instagram. You know, and the platforms are changing all the time. The algorithm changes, the look and the feel of the platforms, their interfaces change all the time, where stuff is, you know, and the features as well. So I think it's just understanding that you kind of need to make sure that you're keeping up to date with what's going on and what is working on that particular platform. Uh, um, so, for example, if you're on Instagram, which is harder and harder to kind of get visibility for most yeah, people. Yeah, I agree with that. And, you know, a lot of practices, if you look at a lot of the kind of people on the platform now who have got like 20,000 followers upwards in the architecture field, they normally did that a few years ago. So it was before everyone was on the platform. So that's the thing. It's like it's hard to get traction now. But, you know, so if you're focused on what does my feed look like or my feed needs to look so beautiful, that's not going to get you. That's not going to get you growth. It's not going to get you more followers. Right. What's going to get you followers now? videos on reels you know yeah i agree stories communicating what your story and your behind the scenes and stuff like that you know and using dm strategy that's that's where you get the most interaction and engagement and that's a different way of thinking and each one of those little kind of areas would need a different approach to them so i and they all need to kind of work together with your overall kind of goals for what you want to achieve as a business so there is thought behind it but it's just understanding actually what what's working now on these platforms and it's worth reviewing that say on a quarterly basis to make sure that you are prioritizing the right areas of that platform because it does change so for example i mean linkedin's my baby and that's the one i really love using but like you know linkedin newsletters not many practices i think like i've seen engineers like brewer hapold have them for example they've got great reach right now you know what i mean for getting the word out you know, lives like this work really well. I mean, you do have to push them more because it does this weird thing where it doesn't show it. But it's just knowing how to use a different functionality on there. I mean, there's audio rooms, which not many people even know exist. So it's just knowing all these different areas and how you can use them to your advantage. So for me, that's what you need to do is like, what's new on this uh, platform? What can I try out and see how it works? Yeah, well said. And wow, I, I, I couldn't agree more. I'm glad you said that because I think... <laughs> architectural practices stay in the Instagram comfort zone. And I, and, I, and I think that, as you say, when Reels came out, Instagram wanted the bit of that TikTok pie and the algorithm moved yeah. there. And Reels can be amazing. I, I I collaborated with a very, you know, promising up and coming like architectural marketeer, Sanat Tabassum, who does, you mm. know, scale. One reel went viral. Woo, loads of followers. Well, that's exactly it, right? It's, yeah. But it's just understanding and, and, and collaborations and trying new things and just being slightly more experiential, you know, let's try and see what's going to work. Yeah. And I think we've all got to try that, I guess, a bit more play, right? Exactly. And and I was going to say, but the truth is, for that one reel that went viral, there's like 20 in the graveyard, which didn't, you know, and, yeah. and that, that will link on to your next point. I'm only going to jump in one quick, quick, quick thing, because yeah. like you, my uh, I really like LinkedIn. I'm open to more 
Freds. You haven't you haven't won me over yet, Freds. Okay, but I do like LinkedIn. And what I would say is, you you were right. The the mailing list is such an important one. Everyone should do that. The other one to really, I think, it's really good to um, engage the community is polls. I try to do one every yeah. two to three weeks, just one because I see your polls. Keep- I do them as well. Yes, and just keep them open. It gets people yeah. thinking, and there's no wrong answer. Gets the conversation going. Polls, and mailing list. You're right, and you audio room so underutilized. Whereas yeah. you know, two years ago, it was all about what was that platform, Clubhouse. Oh, you know, it was, it was, <laughs> it was the cool thing. It was the cool thing. But the last well, that's one, how they set it up, wasn't it? It was that it was their version of Clubhouse, which you know, and and. But it, but right. it's it's just trialing these new things and seeing, isn't it? And and like you say, polls do work really well. Carousels can be quite nice. It's just mixing stuff up and trying. Hi, it's Io here. And as you're a listener to the show, I just wanted to tell you a bit more about how I can help you get your built environment marketing done. If you're looking to set up a company podcast or trying to figure out what content you want to create for an amazing campaign that really engages your audience, or even if you want to get your business more up to speed in terms of how they approach digital marketing and how you get kind of senior level people on board with workshops and training, then do bear me in mind. I'm actually a marketing consultant, content creator and trainer, but I work specifically with built environment firms just like yours. So I know the best practice and approaches, but also most importantly, how to apply them to our sector. You can find out more about my work at abassmarketing.com or feel free to email me at io, which is A-Y-O, at abassmarketing.com. There's also links in the show notes too. Thanks for listening and now back to the show. And the last, last, last thing I'll say on it, because it was such a good point, so I, you know, I wanted to focus on <laughs> it. Was, yeah, it's that when the algorithm changes some platforms, don't feel too emotionally attached to them. Because some people are like, oh, Instagram's my baby. And I'm like, do you know what? you got to just move on. I mean, the Architecture Community Forum was big in 2020 when the pandemic, busy, 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 busy. Yeah. However, less people use it right now. And that's okay. But in my business, then I pivot towards the podcast, the live streams, the polls, where people's exactly. going. And, and it's not a loss. You've got to move with things. You can't just stay attached to Instagram because they will change the algorithms and all that stuff. And you and also don't just go on one platform because you might, you know, you're putting all your eggs in one basket. I mean, what do you think? Well, Twitter, or what was Twitter? If yeah. you if that was where all your baskets are. You know, oh come God, on, it's, it's just, it's complete, exactly, it's an absolute mess. And so I think that whole thing, and I think the other thing I always talk about is that these platforms are free to use, right? Which therefore means that you are, you're, you're basically, your data is what they, they're selling, right? In adverts to other people. Yep. And it's their platform, you don't own it, which therefore means that they can change the algorithm or how they use it whenever they want. It's not yours to own. So I think the other thing is like using those social media platforms to grow your own list as well. So I would say yeah. having some kind of email list and data that sits within your own firm. And you can start that off really small. You start to have an email list and things like that. That is yours to own. Because if you are completely reliant on social media, like if all your eggs were in the Instagram basket and the algorithm changed, and you're like, oh, my leaves are suddenly dried up. It's like you need to kind of have a have, have some safety there, a safety net for yourself, don't you? 
Yeah, I agree. And the last, 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 last thing I'll say on it, because it's so good. It's so good. I think I don't know what kind of people are on what platform. So if, you're, if your business is targeted at homeowners, it might be a bit of the gram. It might be Facebook. I don't like Facebook that much. I begrudgingly have it. But, you know, for homeowners, conservatories, extensions, yeah. that makes more sense. They are not going to be people on LinkedIn. If you're targeting LinkedIn and you're trying to do house conversions, I think you're in the wrong area. However, yeah. if you have like got some fancy design or you're targeting a developer that you know is prominent, maybe they're on LinkedIn, you know, that's the place to go. So know where your market is and clearly define it and chase that as well. And it, that might change over time. You know, yeah. I mean, do you agree with that as well? I completely agree with that. That's totally right. It's go where your go where your audience is. So knowing who you're going for, and you're, like you say, homeowners more likely to be Facebook, even Pinterest. You know, yeah. all those types of places, all those different places. Yeah. Okay. Cool. I got a quick question before we go on to the next one. We got a question yeah, that's yeah. come in, and, uh, and we can both rack our brains. Okay. So Anna Palmer says, what are the most commonly used platforms now in the architectural community in case we missed one off the list? Wow. So, I mean, and, and I will say that because I think there's still a niche. So like the Architecture Social was quite busy. The, the forum, I felt it was like bouncing during the pandemic, mainly, you know, people from students up to architects. Yeah. Now... It's a bit quiet. Is there somewhere online? I think I think LinkedIn is the closest one that I can think of. I mean, there's a few ranting architects on Twitter who just, I don't know, rant about stuff. I try Boring. and avoid those ones. Yeah, you yeah. know those ones where you're like, I just block them. I don't see them. It's too depressing. It's like, you yeah. know, you're like, ugh. <laughs> I know. But where is it? It's a good question. The truth is, Anupama, I don't really know anymore because my own community is not as active as I'd like. Maybe it'll pick up and I'll look at this in a year or two, or maybe I need a marketing strategy. <gasps> Do you yes. know what? I I think the market is, I think it's a lot more fragmented. And I think that's yes. the issue. Everyone's out, mm. out. And you know, like post you know, post-COVID, everyone's kind of like. I don't want to get out. I don't want to have to do everything online now. Uh, so I think a lot of people are out and about. And I, yeah, for me, I, I think it's more about rather than where you are, it's about getting the best of both worlds. So how do you use your digital marketing activity to kind of boost your in-person? Yeah. And I think it's that. So if you're going to an event, actually, I'm going to be at London Build next month. Write a post, get that out. See if you can set, help get set up. You know, like, so you're using the best of both worlds. You're using social media to be social. Yeah. And I think that's kind of it. I think it's kind of the way it's being used is, is changing. And I think it's because people are probably, in some ways, slightly pulling back or not as being as active as they were when we were in lockdowns. So I, I think it's just finding that way to kind of still get it to support what you're doing. I agree. But couldn't I, couldn't have wise, I think it's kind of like TikTok's doing really well for younger people, right? I think it's, you know, and I think it depends on age group and what people prefer. I like yeah. LinkedIn because, you know, it's more of a community and you can have good conversations in the comments. Twitter, it's ruined. Um, what else? Yeah. Instagram, yeah. you're not really into reels. Yeah. I, I don't love Instagram. 
And also, like, because I, I, you know, the the use of the word community, I mean, LinkedIn is the closest thing to that, in my opinion, because people can talk back and forth. There's the polls, all this stuff. When I was running yeah. a forum, I spent a lot of time thinking about what is a community? What is that thing? And I think that people fall into this misconception that on, on Instagram, because you have a few followers, it's necessarily a community. I think that's an audience which you can participate. But like you said, Io, actually a community is engagement. It's about back and forth, you know. And, yeah. and, and, and you and, can't do that in Instagram. In the DMs, it's a one-to-one conversation. It's not a group conversation. Yeah. And exactly. I think that's the bit that's missing in there. Do you know what I mean? It's not what you use it for. Yeah. yeah I, I completely agree. So, so Anupama, the reason we don't have a conclusive answer is because it is, as you say, it's, it's blurry and it moves. Yeah. And is it in person? Is it online? You know, and where is it? Where's that conversation going? But there's also, those, I mean, there's also stuff like Reddit, isn't there? Cora, Reddit, all of those types of more yeah. underground stuff as well, which I don't go into, but there are oh. people that use those as communities. So, yeah. I, I don't have an answer. Sorry. Yeah, we're 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 we're, we're, we're we'll see what happens. Who who knows? Okay. Yeah. Thank you so much for bringing in that question. By the way, any other questions? Feel free to ask while we're here. Now, number four, we're top the the top five mistakes that people do. Number four on the list is trying a marketing activity once, then saying it doesn't work and giving up too soon. Okay, spill the anonymous tea. Give me an example. So, an example. I'm actually I'm going to give you one of my examples. So, I um, wrote a blog probably three and a half years ago when Carillion went down when it went out of business, and it was literally about construction industry is broken, and I basically wrote all the stuff that I thought was wrong with the industry, and it went viral, and that was like three years ago. Last year, I got an email from a journalist at the Times who was writing a piece about the construction industry model. And my, mm-hmm. my, that blog was on page one. And I ended up in the Times newspaper with picture, quotes. I didn't have to do anything. He literally lifted it from my blog. Now, for me, if I'd given up on blogging and said, oh, it doesn't always work, don't have the time, all of that kind of stuff. But it does take time to build. I mean, that was something I wrote three years ago. And I got it out there. And I think that's the thing that people quite often, they just give up too soon. So they go, oh, we tried Instagram, didn't work. Well, maybe you didn't try it in the right way. Maybe you need to warm that audience. Maybe you need to find the right kind of tone of voice or the right images to use. And I think it's that trial and error and that test and learn. And I think it's acknowledging that good things take time to build. And I mean, I did a post recently on uh, LinkedIn and Instagram, which is around the timelines for different types of marketing. So like, if you want to do SEO, to even start getting like search engine optimization and getting ranked on Google, you know, it's going to take you at least six months to even start to build up any traction. Yeah, so I agree. it's knowing that type of marketing you're doing and actually what's the timeline for that and giving yourself the space to kind of try, you know, and, and, and do incremental improvements. So I think that's the kind of thing. And, and bearing in mind that a lot of marketing will start to compound over time. So if you start getting your tone of voice right, you start getting your branding out there, you start talking about the things that you want to be known for, that will start to compound and 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 actually just have a snowball effect. So I think it's about committing to it and then going for it and acknowledging it's not everything happens overnight. Unless yeah. you're doing like paid ads, but even that still needs tinkering with. And you, it still takes time to find the right audience and get them really firing. So. 
Yeah, uh, I, I, um, I'll, I'll be honest. I've never dabbled in the paid ads. I do pay for jobs on LinkedIn for the business, mm. um, which is sort of similar, a little bit different. However, you're right. I, you got to keep going, and I think YouTube's the greatest example of that. The amount of people I yeah. know who've done a YouTube thing because YouTube is excruciatingly hard. You know, they all are, but YouTube in particular is really hard. You've got to do like a hundred view, video, videos to get anywhere. And or keep pod- going, right? Yeah. Yeah. And the podcast, you're right, is keep going. And sometimes I do an episode and I think, all right, it was good. was maybe my favorite. I'm not allowed to have favorites though. A bit like kids, isn't it? They're all great episodes. But what I mean is maybe some episodes <laughs> connect more with me than others. Yeah, yeah. However, someone could really love it and you could get an engagement from that. Or, you know, and also it's about, like you said, it's the compound effect. It's not about one podcast episode. It's about the bulk of work. And they appreciate yeah. over time because also as you quite, correctly said search engine optimization i hate it but love it because it's so important (laughs) it's needed and it's the same concept because the more pages you have the more things online and then google over time what it does is that it identifies you as an authority then and because of someone that's your domain ranking builds, yeah. Yeah, and then it starts trusting you more, and it's because you got loads of stuff. So I have a big thing of getting it out there. You know, do some of the architecture social podcasts at the start. Go, you know, do I like them? Or maybe my my opinions change, but I don't yeah. look back. And I think it's about going forward, and it's about a process. You have to keep going. And and the the last thing I'd say on it before the back up to yourself is that I think architects can get in their own way of being perfectionists. They just get you know um and ah about the details, and in the end, they don't put the thing out there. And that's because <laughs> architects are amazing. And I agree that. However, we just need to get it out there because sometimes when yeah. you're waiting for things to be perfect, you know, as you said, I owe, it takes six months to even be recognized on Google, free if you're lucky, whatever. But the more you faffing around with it, that could be time that Google is identifying you and then you improve it. You know, if I look at the first <laughs> architecture social logo, it's a pile of rubbish. But you kind of you 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 change it, don't you? But you got like, it out there, and that's the thing. You got you got it out there. I mean, I'm kind of like you know. Sometimes when people do that whole thing around designing in public, and then you know, like when they're building software, and they're actually like, you know, this is what we're building. This is our prototype, and they get the rough thing out there so that people look at it. You know, it's not being done in isolation. I kind of think in some ways, with some aspects of marketing, actually sometimes just starting yeah. is good. I, I agree. You will laugh. I don't even practice my, sometimes I just release my website as is. It does crash now and then, but <laughs> you know what? You got to break the rules. I'm not a professional like yourself. Maybe you'd be reining me in where some people need to push out, you know? Um, yeah, but, with you, I'll probably be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Get Steve away from the release button. <laughs> Spell check it again. He's been editing yeah. it. I can see Oh, I, no, I, I lost, agree. lost attention there. Sorry, you can just tell. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't know what he's talking about. Don't worry, I, I agree with you. However, someone does think we know what we're talking about. Hooray! And Apama says, thank you both for the good advice. She says that um, in terms of a business, maybe we're underutilizing LinkedIn, to be honest. But great ideas yet. Yes, do check out LinkedIn. It is good. And the last thing I'd say on LinkedIn is that they are putting a lot of time 
effort. I was on their content creator program. I know. They I was jealous. Yeah, you could should do it. I mean, I really, I thought it was really useful and I learned a lot from it. And I could see where they want to take it. And they want to bring that into LinkedIn. You know, it's, the platform's a lot less stuffy than um, than people believe. I think it's really the way to go. And it was a, it was a good, it was a good, it was a good course to be on. And no, I they did, paid I did me. People on it. I know. And I was like, damn it. I didn't, I didn't apply when I saw. <laughs> yeah. When you're like, oh, I should have done that. Oh, it was good. I really <laughs> recommend everyone check it out. And and if, if someone's like, I don't have a clue what Steve's talking about is um, the LinkedIn content creators course pops up, I think twice a year. You have to do a video on it. And mine was loud and proud like this going, well, I'm going to talk about the metaverse. And then they, uh, then I, <laughs> Yeah, and then and then I got in somehow. So if I can do it, you definitely can. You know, <laughs> and it's open to everyone and all it levels. Is. Don't it worry is. about how many followers you got or whatever. There were people on the course that were just starting, as well as like some mega celebrities and stuff. You know, yeah, yeah, I saw that. It was it looked really round. Like the levels were very very different, and I saw quite a few people on it. But also, I mean, what's great about it is that you would hear it hear it from the horse's mouth, which which is the thing that you want is to kind of understand where they're going as a platform which i think is fascinating so yeah yeah they were really really good so i recommend checking out that now the last point but certainly not the least was number five <laughs> of your top five tips of like mess ups in architectural marketing and number five was expecting marketing unicorns one person can't do everything so there is that whole thing, isn't there, of like a generalist marketer or a specialist. So, for example, me, I am a generalist. I, you know, I've, I work across marketing. I can kind of, you know, I have areas in which I'm a speci- I am specialise more. So, like, I like writing copy and creating content, stuff like that. But can I do everything? Am I expert at SEO? No, but I might know the basics. Am I expert at PR? No, a bit, because I started off in PR. But am I, an, you know, like, so it's kind of like understanding that, marketing you know we have a kind of we all have different skill sets so understanding what skill sets you need for in particular not trying to write job specifications when you're looking to hire a marketeer in-house that kind of are seven roles wrapped in one which some of the ones i have seen are so you know like when they're like you have to do pr you need to have to do comms you need to be able to do crisis comms you need to be able to do seo and like literally you need to work on bids and like you're just like so many different things when and that's when you're standing there going that's when you're setting a marketer up to fail. And that, that is when you will turn around and go, well, marketing doesn't work very well, does it? Well, if you're kind of not understanding how to write a job spec properly or or what skills you need or and all of that kind of stuff or how to build a marketing team, then that is where the issue lies. So for me, marketing unicorns and expecting us to be able to do everything from, you know, being great on like making reels and video video editing to you know everything doing a bid you know let's be honest one person doesn't have all of those skills um so i think it's about you know writing job specs and roles that are actually achievable um and also realizing that we all have different areas of specialization even as a generalist and recognizing those skill sets and staffing accordingly yeah i agree that's really well said and i think do you know what while that's really important for marketing, I think that can be applied across the board. I think, yeah. I think, I think as a person, if you have a wider skill stack, that is great. But you're right; it, 
when you have a wider skill stack, that's the definition. It's wide, and typically it won't be high on everything. You might have an area of expertise and, and some little, and, and, and you're right. I mean, I squirmed when you said bid documents because the moment that goes on to a job spec, that's all that person will be doing. You're swallowed. Your time's gone. Oh, like, and then they'll be like, but you haven't updated the website. Well, when? Yeah, when, when, when the design yeah. director's screaming at me that the brochure needs to change and that 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 do in London won't appreciate that page, you know, so it's it's a very yeah. nuanced thing. A bid, a bids are just a completely different world. But okay, so those are really useful. So we we we've done the 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 top five. So first of all, there's a little round of applause for that. Well done. Yay. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. If, <laughs> if I had my plug my soundboard in, I, I, then I would I would do it. But you know, you get you get the real bell. I like the bell. It's good. Thanks so much for listening to the Built Environment Marketing Show. Don't forget to check out the show notes, which will have useful links and resources connected to this episode. You can find that on abassmarketing.com. And of course, if you like the show, please do share it with others on social as it helps more people to find us. See you soon.